Hi, uh, welcome to our podcast. Uh, I'm Mary Abazia, and with me is Tom Spitali and Sean Wellen. We're from Impact Planning Group, and we are always wrestling different topics. And one that just keeps coming to the top is risk. And it risk comes in all different forms. And typically, we hear that people are, you know, fearful of it. And as we started to talk through it more, we think that there's a lot of opportunity or reframing the way that marketers think about risk. And so we're going to we're going to talk through this and hopefully you're going to get some ideas for your business. Sean, do you want to take this a bit further? Yeah, I guess the, the the one thing that struck me is we're going through what feels like quite volatile times. We've got um, a war in mainland Europe with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. We've got energy prices, possibly as a consequence, or at least impacted by that, running out of control. We've got supply security issues for energy. We've got interest rates. We've got the economy on the brink. We've we've even seen sort of political risks in countries that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Over the past few years, we seem to have stepped into a more volatile world. Now, for a lot of us of a certain age, I won't give too much away about our birthdays, but we've seen these cycles of, of, of high risk through the 70s and the 80s and so forth. But this is, feels fairly new. We've got so used to cheap energy, cheap interest rates, stability, and all that's kind of fallen away in the past few years. So normally when people feel risk, they become risk adverse, they become risk managers, and we see companies wanting to manage risk. But also risk travels with its close companion opportunity. Volatility creates opportunity, and it's really that spin on risk that I thought we would try to explore and see is risk something to be scared of or embraced or, or somewhere in, in between i guess is the sort of way i wanted to frame this up anyway i don't know what you guys think or what you want to add but i i'm i'm trying to make risk a positive somewhat i think it's something to be embraced it's, it is an opportunity with the right tools the right mindset to um handle change better than the competition i think as you alluded to sean um change is more of a constant than ever. I mean, that sounds trite to say, but you know, we've had a lot of situations in the past 10 years where we were helping people with planning and you know, a limited time that we in windows that we have to help our clients with planning. A lot of times, one of the processes that got cut was something that's typically at the very front of our planning process, which is we call it planning assumptions or trends analysis. And, you know, we allowed that to happen for the sake of time. And probably because, you know, a lot, there was just a lot more stability in the world. As you mentioned, Sean, we can't do that anymore. You know, we, we need to insist that our, our, our clients probably start their planning process with um, a set of planning assumptions or trend analysis, because, the, the change is inevitable, but that whole, that whole process allows people to kind of think through maybe a broader set of circumstances than perhaps their competitors are. And it takes a little bit more time, but it allows them to really react quicker than the competition. Um, 
it allows them to avoid the analysis paralysis that sometimes comes with a huge shock to the system where people just don't know what to do for a while. And I think all of that is very positive because in the end, it allows uh, these companies to, to, to have a little bit more confidence that no matter what happens, they're, they're ready. They at least have planned out a couple of steps that they'll take if a couple of these huge tidal wave type changes happen or even smaller shocks to the system. They're, they're, they're ready to, to deal with it better than the competition in a more co customer-centric way. What do you think, Mary? Yeah, I think um, if you don't have risk built into your strategy, um, it kind of sucks, you know? <laughs> or it's not robust enough because it has to have it, uh, especially given what we're talking about now. And Tom, I think you're right. We had talked a lot more about um, planning assumptions in the past, and it seems like like you know we've been in business over 40 years, and so there's there's a you know there's a time where it's more important and then it's less important. And I think we're back as you're saying. And um, the wargaming or the scenario planning so that companies walk out with what's our plan B and our plan C, because it's so uncertain that you need to have more than just a plan B. And companies that do that seem to really have a mindset for, OK, bring it on. It's changing, but we're ready for it. And we have our plans in place so that we can mobilize quickly. I think that that's really going to be a key to to how these companies continue to have the right approach moving forward. I mean, you can't predict the future, obviously, but it's about, I remember when we had the 2007 financial crisis, which seems a lifetime ago now, but it was probably the the biggest shock we'd had in several years that that, that reset that whole risk calibration that, that shook us out of this comfort zone that we'd been in, that it was always going to get better. And in 2007, we worked for a large client and their CEO said, and the phrase was, we have to get better at seeing around corners, seeing what's coming that isn't obvious. And that phrase always struck me as being, it was intended as being, we've got to not be caught out by something that adversely affects us. But also the ability to see around corners is to see what's coming to build your offer and to create value for that new world. So sometimes risk also drives innovation because you've got to be able to say what is the opportunity that this is creating and, and risk affects all of your customers and anything in your offer that can mitigate that, that can be a solve to that, that can create some comfort is more valuable. So stability and reputation and credibility, all these slightly boring positioning elements can become really important when you're a supplier to people that, that, you know, give me one less thing to worry about. I can trust you. You're a good supplier. Those things that aren't always the most exciting positioning elements can become more, more valuable as well. Yeah. Sean, you said something interesting that I agree with. You can't predict the future. But what I found, and even in our own company experience, if you attempt to do it, right, and, and you, you make plans and you look at different scenarios that might play out and you have an idea of what you might want to do, I think you actually get what some people would call lucky. You get lucky, but it's not really luck. Let me, let me just say, we, we saw a trend a number of years ago where 
we felt that companies were going to want to do more of their training virtually. Makes sense, right? The technology for virtual training is getting better. Companies are less inclined to um, have, have employees travel around the globe as much to go to training sessions, et cetera, et cetera. It's just a lot of pressure towards um, finding ways to deliver virtually, even though it's hard to do that as well as a, a, a live training event. We all, I think, agree on that. And so we as a company decided that we needed to make, um, make some movements to be able to do what we do virtually better uh, on the basis of that, that trend. In fact, that trend probably was not um, progressing as fast as we might have predicted. And we were developing these capabilities and the uptake was not probably what we thought at the beginning. But guess what? A different trend happened. COVID came along. And all of a sudden, there was just absolutely no ability at all to deliver live training. And we were ready. We had, a, we had our virtual capabilities ready. Not for the reason that we thought. We didn't predict COVID. Now, I don't think anybody predicted COVID. But we, we were focused on a different trend that led us to take some actions. And it looked like maybe we got lucky, but you know, we were drinking our own Kool-Aid and not to pat ourselves on the back, but just to, to really be an advocate for this whole idea of trend planning, planning assumptions, scenario planning as a way to maybe ensure that you get lucky in the future. You've got to, it's, it's covering your bets, isn't it? You've got to, you, you don't put everything on uh, on the roulette wheel on one number. You know, you're covering the... the... <laughs> you're spreading the bets i guess to put myself back in vegas for a moment but you've got to i guess to complete the phrase when i say you can't predict the future i always follow it by saying but you can reduce your vulnerability to being surprised by it and that's really what we're saying is how can you spread those bets to reduce that vulnerability and to think about it and play that the, the biggest strategic question is, is always starts with what if what if this happens how do we react what does that do to the market and that that sort of what if mindset also helps you with that saying what if this was to happen are we prepared for this or what if something was to fundamentally change the the construct of our market how do we best adapt and and sometimes you you in your innovation work you want to place some of those bets on the not very likely but hugely impactful um when we classify risks and trends as as many of people who work with us will know we, we we put into a four blocker and the top is highly likely and highly impactful trends and then we have the 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 less likely but highly impactful or the the very likely but less impactful and finally we have the not likely not impactful in those extremities building potential products or at least the groundwork for products that might come into play if something that not really expected but is impactful comes to pass. It can it can leave you ahead, and and sometimes you have to you have to speculate, and it's not all about building products for today's market. It's 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 taking that little bit of a of a risk, manage that risk, but build for the future. And and Sean, I think it's beyond products. You know, I think when you talk about it, it, it is about designing products and maybe different ways of delivering products. I think that's a huge part of it. But I think a lot of what we've seen with our clients is it's even um, goes to doing things like um, having ideas about alternative suppliers. You know, we, we've seen in some of our clientele that the marketers have gotten saddled with 
supply strategy to a certain extent, right? And 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 they spend a lot of time and they got caught, I think, uh, in a lot of situations with too, too few options in supply and um, just no real idea in a case of limited supply, who of their customer base gets the stuff and who doesn't, which is a difficult decision excruciating decision to have to make, but nonetheless becomes very important for the long-term future of your, your company that you pick the right customers to get the stuff in a limited situation. So I think it's beyond products. I think it's, 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 it's alternative supply in some situations. It's alternative, you know, services or methods of, of the entire, you know, how you deliver the entire customer experience that you have to think through in certain extreme scenarios, like, like, like you're talking about that, that you know, low probability, but high impact situation, for example. Yeah, I think that um, my, I like what you guys are saying, and I think having a structure for that thinking is really critical. That's why I, I really like the way that, you know, the scenario planning or the wargaming that, that we've done in the past um, has really helped companies. We were working with a dental supply company and they did exactly what you're saying, Sean. They said, you know, what if, and they went through, they knew that things were changing, not only in the environment, but what did that pressure have on the customers, but then also on the competitors. And when they walked out of there, they realized that there's things they could do with the customer, but one of the big plan B and plan C's is, is that the competitors were even being pushed to some new situations that created opportunities for them. And they ended up partnering with somebody that they wouldn't have never originally thought of. So the what ifs need to, to be broad. And what if, you know, what if this happens, what happens to the customer, what happens to the competitor, what happens to the supply chain? And it's kind of cool. I mean, as a marketer, you can really start to play with the variables and say, okay, what is this really going to mean for us? And where do we have to minimize or mitigate risk? But where can we double down in a couple of areas and, and take advantage of these changes that are happening? I totally agree. And, and it just occurs to me, it's not, we're obviously big advocates of thinking over the horizon of, of saying, what if uh, that's really important stuff, but there's also an agility that's needed, isn't there? That when something does happen, that rather than going to, to any sort of panic mode or, uh, denial mode of saying let's just count as we are if you're in marketing the first thing when something happens is try and establish the consequence of that thing whether it's a financial crash a recession a political insurrection a war a virus whatever happens look at your market <laughs> look at your customers <laughs> Sean, as you were saying i'm like yep yep Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's like, it's like a bad been... novel. It's like we do have all of those things right now happening. They're all Thanks, happening Sean. Right now. I feel like I'm <laughs> one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse even saying this, but you look at all those things. Yeah. You don't normally say them all in one breath. Do you? It is terrifying when you do that. But if we, if we believe that, that every volatility creates opportunity because it it shakes the foundations it changes the status quo it shakes complacency then a good marketer should embrace it and go okay so now for us for our product for our customers for their customers for this whole network this whole ecosystem that i'm involved in where does the stress hit 
where does the opportunity chain and be fleet of foot be quick in how you move so while you plan ahead and you build ahead and you anticipate also be prepared to react because i think the other thing is people that react the quickest sometimes get the um the benefit too so yeah there's a there's a ton we said this might be interesting i think there's a ton of stuff to talk about in terms of risk and volatility and innovation marketing and, and tying those together i think there's a certain mindset too that is important here and i, I almost hate to say it but i'm going to say it because it's the truth this risk mindset, this trend planning assumptions kind of mindset, you got to spend a little time thinking about stuff that's not going to happen. You know, I mean, it, it, it's no way to avoid it, to be to be broad enough to consider, um, you know, the things that can happen. You're going to you're going to spend time on plans that are, you know, at least rudimentary plans. Right. What are we going to do first and second? If this happens, you're going to spend some time on stuff that's not going to happen. But I think, like I said earlier, you you it, it ends up being worthwhile because just the process and the act of doing it, and you don't have to spend huge amounts of time. I mean, with frameworks and and um, you know some of the tools that we have and that we've been talking about, you can do these things fairly efficiently. Spend a couple of days, day and a half, day sometimes, just kind of thinking through all of this. It increases the you know it increases your odds of success because one of those scenarios or something like that's going to happen, you're going to be ready. Yeah, I, I agree. And you have to have people that maybe you don't always have as part of that conversation. Maybe there's somebody that you don't always like the way they, they talk about the way the world's going, but you need their perspective, especially when you're having that that initial conversation about what if, what if um, they're the person that might open your eyes to some things. So invite in people that you think maybe thinks different than you to have those discussions. Um, we hope that you took at least one thing from this for your business, and we look forward to talking about risk with you more. Thanks. Thank you.